Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring, and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV shows more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. Today we're checking out the 2022 mystery thriller, Don't Worry Darling. I know there was some controversy surrounding this movie, but I still don't get why it received so much hate. Y'all got some explaining to do. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. We've got a trio of couples, uh, 1950s vibes, like a party. They're having fun, playing games, getting a little frisky. I'm sorry, what exactly are y'all into? Did one of them just say the pregnant lady needed another drink? Yeah, it's the 50s. The next day we're at home with one of the couples, Alice and Jack. They're in the kitchen, Alice is getting breakfast together, and there's a little earthquake that shakes the house. They don't seem phased though, so I'm pretty sure it's kind of normal. Alice asked Jack, hey, does that have something to do with your Project Victory you're working on? Mm. But Jack ain't trying to talk about work. He dodges a question, he's like, I gotta go. She goes outside with him to see him off to work, and I swear it's like an assembly line you find at a factory. Houses and cars and wives all telling their husbands goodbye. And all husbands back out and drive off at the same time. It's a little creepy. Alice gets to clean the house and then it's off to ballet class. Matter of fact, most of the wives are at the ballet class. Much respect to them. I did ballet when I was five. Wasn't really my thing. I do miss being able to do a split though. The instructor comes out and she says things like, beauty is in control. Grace is symmetry. I'm feeling uncomfortable. While taking down the laundry outside, Alice notices her neighbor Margaret is just standing in her yard, clutching a toy airplane with her eyes closed. A little odd, but carry on. Later, Alice is making dinner and she notices something weird about the eggs. She cracks them, nothing's in there. No yolk, no nothing. What the heck? is going on. No time to worry about that because it's later and the mister is home. Alice greets him at the door. Dinner is ready. But Jack is not in the mood for pot roast. He wants some rump roast. Pretty sure this was the scene that everyone was all up in arms about. I kind of get it. It's spicy. They're at another party. These people love parties. Can I live here? This time they're at the big boss's house, Frank, the head of Project Victory where all the men work. It's some top secret facility that no one is allowed to go but them. Shelly, who was Frank's wife, and coincidentally also the ballet instructor, she stands up and gives a speech honoring her husband in their home. Margaret, the neighbor from before, interrupts the speech and is like, why are we here? We shouldn't be here. It's kind of awkward. Everyone's quiet. It's a tense scene. Margaret's husband, Ted, takes her away. And the party continues like nothing happened. Frank starts giving his speech and talking, and I'm telling you, everyone is just eating it up. Everyone is intently listening, including all the wives. He's talking about how they're changing the world, what they're doing. Honestly, it's giving Stepford wives. No, 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 not that one, the good one. Anyway, the party continues. Alice goes looking for her husband because he disappeared somewhere. She comes across Margaret and Ted in a secluded room and Ted is trying to make Margaret take some pills and she's not really into it. Margaret says, I can't sleep and I have nightmares. Something is off. Alice, Bunny and Peg, they're out shopping later and they're talking about Margaret's outburst at 
the party. Bunny's like, if she keeps this up, she going to get her husband fired. Everything was fine until Margaret started going crazy and getting paranoid. Apparently, Margaret took her son out into the desert where they're not supposed to go because the one rule of this place is you don't go to the top secret facility. You stay in the community that's surrounded by desert and nothing else. Nothing sinister about that. By the time they found her, her son was gone and they never found him. And Margaret has gone around saying that they took her son away from her to punish her. No one's asking any questions? Okay. Peg starts wondering what the guys are doing out there. I know it's about the development of progressive materials, but what does that even mean? Bunny shuts everyone down like, uh-uh, we don't talk about it. Let's keep it moving. We're here to be support systems. So basically, no one leaves this community, except for the men. Alice goes for a ride on the little trolley that travels through town. She ends up seeing a plane going down. It does not look good. She gets out and she's like, hey, driver, we got to go over there. The driver goes, no, I will not go. This is my route. This is where it's safe. We don't go over there. But there's a plane that crashed in the distance. There might be a survivor. My boy is not convinced, so Alice goes on her own. You're better than me. I couldn't have done it. She goes past the restricted point far into the desert until she comes to the headquarters. But there's no plane. She places her hands on the glass of the headquarters. We get a flash of light, some spooky images of women in black and white doing a dance. And we hear the voice of Frank, the boss. And then Alice wakes up in her bed. Jack is in the kitchen making dinner. Well, attempting. Whole place is a mess. Alice doesn't remember how she got home, and she's trying to tell Jack about the plane, but he doesn't believe her. No one reported the plane. It's really weird. Then the next day, Alice gets a call from Margaret. She says, you went there. You saw it. I know you saw it. They're lying to us. I can handle this right now, Margaret. Alice hangs up the phone. Then Alice goes to ballet class, trying to get back into the normal routine. At class, she sees an image of Margaret in her mirror. The reflection of Margaret freaks her out. She hightails it out of class, heads back home, just in time to see her neighbor Margaret standing on top of her roof. And then, I don't know how else to say it, but she falls after voluntarily, you know. Before Alice can run to her, a bunch of men in orange jumpsuits take Alice away. It's a whole lot. When Jack gets home, Alice is telling him about Margaret and what's happened. But Jack heard about it. He says, no, 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 she's good. She's in the hospital. She's fine. How is she fine, dude? She literally opened her throat and fell off a roof. Like, how is she fine? So Alice is getting upset. And Jack says, don't get hysterical. Triggered. You know, what are you guys doing out there? What's going on? Nothing feels right. He snaps back at her and tells her, get a hold of yourself. Y'all remember what they used to do to women who they felt were out of it they attend a huge party thrown by frank i mean this thing is grand the place is grand the clothes the the music it's it's a whole thing alice isn't feeling it though she wants to go home but jack wants to stay alice needs some air so she she leaves bunny follows her she's like hey babe what's going on you okay what's happening and alice admits to her 
all that's going on. She admits about Margaret and what she's seeing and how she went to the restricted area and she doesn't feel comfortable here anymore. She wants to get out. Bunny's reaction is surprising. She snaps at her. This is your husband's big night. Stop acting like a baby. Get a hold of yourself. What? E2, Bunny? In honor of his promotion, Alice hosts dinner at the house where Frank and Shelly come and a couple of the couples. Alice is in the kitchen. She's fixing her food. Frank comes in, the boss. He says to her, I'm sorry that Bunny didn't believe you. But then again, you didn't believe Margaret. So why would anybody believe you? I've been waiting for someone like you to challenge me. Whoa, my guy. You're supposed to keep the mask on. Apparently, Alice is also triggered because at dinner, she confronts him with everyone there, telling everyone that they're lying to us, they're doing something to us, but it doesn't go over too well. Everyone gets mad at her and leaves. When it's just her and Jack, she begs Jack, let's leave this place, let's go somewhere, as long as it's just me and you, let's just go. Let's get out of here. Jack's like, okay, let's go. They get in the car, but Jack doesn't pull off. He waits and he watches as a bunch of men in jumpsuits come and grab Alice and take her away. They strap her to a table and proceed to zap her brain. We get flashes of another life. It's modern time. Alice is on her bed with Jack in a different house. She's consoling him. Turns out Alice is a doctor. We're in a legitimate flashback. Alice wraps up surgery, gets off work, gets home. He's ready for some loving. But she just got up a 30-hour shift and has to be back at work in six hours. She ain't in the mood. She needs sleep. Jack is feeling neglected. You live. We cut back to the 50s. Alice is back home, back to her old self, cooking and cleaning without a care in the world. Jack comes home early. He's humming a particular song. Alice hears it and starts singing along with him and then stops. We flash back again to the modern day where Jack is much more scruffier. His hair is longer and greasier. And we hear voiceover of Frank talking about Project Victory. Jack brings flowers to the bedside where Alice is strapped to the bed with an ocular type device over her eyes, scanning images. He's singing the same song that he was singing in the house. He lays down next to her and puts on the same ocular devices and starts the program. It's a simulation. We're back in the 50s and Alice has revived. She remembers everything now. They start arguing. I gave this to you! Alice is ready to go, but Jack don't want to let her go. He's holding on tight. So she has to grab a glass cup and hit him over the head with it just to get him off her. And it accidentally kills him. Bunny comes in. And Alice is telling her, no, we have to get out of here. This is a simulation. It's not real. And then Bunny admits, I knew. I chose this because in this place, my children are still alive. But Bunny is the only wife who chose this and who knows. Everyone else is just like Alice, unaware. Bunny tells her she got to go. If a man dies in this world, he dies in the real world, which means RIP, Jack. Alice gets in Jack's car and books it to headquarters. Frank sends the goons and the doctor after her. She manages to maneuver them and causes a car accident that kills the doctor. When Frank gets the call, his wife, Shelly, overhears and stabs him in the stomach, killing him 
and says, it's my turn. Wow. Oz manages to get to headquarters, presses her hands against the glass, releasing her. The screen fades to black, and all we hear is Alice waking up, gasping for air. Roll credits. My thoughts. Where to begin? This movie was so unsettling and creepy and mysterious. It was awesome. Now, this is a true remake concept of the movie Stepford Wives from 1975. Look up that version. It holds up. Let's talk about the visuals. The constant imagery of overhead shots of circles, whether it was the coffee being poured into the cup, the women dancing, forming a circle. Jack and Alice were doing donuts. It was everywhere. And there were plenty of extra close-up shots of just pupils of eyes. The community itself, if you look at it, was shaped like an eye. It's cinematic poetry considering the eyes were the entrance into this world. Throughout the movie, whenever Alice is cleaning, we are hearing Frank's voice spouting out words about being loyal and unity. And at first, I thought it was a radio program that he would air. But as the movie progressed, I realized it was just his voice in her head reinstituting the programming. Man, Jack had me fooled. I thought maybe the men and women were under the same deceit of this world, at least some of them. But he knew. They all knew. They brought their women to this man and decided to make their lives just a program. And what's funny is when he was given the instructions, he was telling him, you know, the wife that you have chosen for this program. In Alice and Jack's case, they were already a couple. But the way that it's worded, I wonder if some of these other men just grabbed women that they found appealing and forced them into the slave life. Were they ever really a couple? Who knows? There were signs that Bunny kind of knew what was going on with the way she carried herself and how she would try to direct conversations away from the secret facility. I can't, in good conscience, be totally mad at her. A person in grief makes some very desperate decisions. And for her, this was her way to hold on to her children who were no longer alive. We don't know what happened to them. We just know she was the only one who was voluntarily choosing this life. Frank has created a world where everything was perfect for his followers, the men, who worshipped the ground this man walked on. Oh, my gosh. Like, these men are losers in the real world, and it kind of feels like they were red-pilled by Frank, which is interesting when you consider that the guys of the red pill community is waking up from the matrix and here these men are choosing to sleep in the matrix this was a cult frank had a cult the only thing missing was his desire to make all the women have babies correction he was trying to do that just fake simulated babies they weren't real children one of the things that was said was a man is only responsible for his wife meaning The men were leaving every day to go out into the real world and work while the wives never left the simulated world. And that being the case, they had to make sure that their legs were 
you know, being compressed properly, that they were being hydrated. So they had to take care of them in this state before they entered the simulated world. I have to wonder, though, how are they how are they eating? Because I didn't see where he was feeding her anything. How was she getting food? Alice had bruises on her wrists as well from this from the straps. So I don't know how long she was there either. But she's a doctor. How did no one miss her? Even if she didn't have any family, like she had co-workers. How was he able to keep everything under wraps? What was the long game, Jack? What was the plan? I love how in certain scenes where Alice's reality was becoming warped, there was a time when she was cleaning the glass and the glass started pressing against her, against the wall, up against her face. Another time she dreamt that she was like in water drowning. And she also wrapped plastic wrap around her face. And had to like struggle to get it off to breathe. I felt like this was her brain crying out for help because she was trapped and was processing her state. I think the driver of the trolley and the men in orange jumpsuits were all NPCs. And it's the way the driver said, oh, I can't go that way. I don't go that way. It was like he was programmed. That's how it felt. And how else do you explain the men reaching Margaret so quickly after she fell off the roof? So my theory on Margaret is a mother's love and bond with her child is strong, real or not. And I think that when she went to headquarters and put her hand against the glass and woke up, that they put her back under. However, the reality of her not having a son, it was enough, I feel like, to keep them from being able to re, to fully re-break her in. She couldn't get over it. Her world was already shattered because she didn't really have a son. She was just a prisoner. So in cinema, there is the, the rule of threes. threes. The first time we see a red propeller plane is when Margaret's holding it in the yard. The second time we see it is in the flashback when she originally took her son with her to the headquarters. Third time we see it is when Alice sees a full version of the red propeller plane going down for a crash in the distance. I was talking with my sister about this and her theory was that this was because of Margaret's failure to reassimilate into the program. They're connected to the program and in a way they kind of feed the program. So that was kind of one of the reasons why Frank was always pushing unity, being one on the same accord and in line. You start coming out of line, things start going off balance. That plane crashing, I believe, was Margaret going off balance. My sister's theory is further proven when Alice accidentally kills Jack and she's walking out in the neighborhood, she's got blood on her dress, everyone's looking and the women are looking at her and it's almost like each one of them realizing something's wrong here, but the light bulbs from each one of their houses start bursting like she's been awakened, she's been awakened, she's been awakened. When Alice regains her memories back and she's confronting Jack, Jack is telling her, You worked all the time! I wanted to work! You were miserable! You were so unhappy! You hated your life! Alice, like, hits back with, It was my life! In reality, Jack was unhappy with her always working. He was unhappy with what their life was like. He was unhappy with himself, so he projected that onto her, assuming that they were both, you know, not feeling happy, without even communicating or talking to her about it. And finally, Shelly killing Frank. At first, I didn't get it. I was trying to rack my brain, like, what made her kill Frank? But then, upon a second viewing of that scene, it hit me. Frank gets the call, and they're telling him, Dr. Connors is dead. Him and Frank are the foundation of this world. Without Dr. Connors, there's no way to keep this woman programmed. Hence, 
Shelly realizing, oh, this is my chance to be free, which is why she stabbed him and said, it's my turn. I'm going to live my life now. She has dethroned her captor and now she's free. How do you guys feel about the movie? For those who have seen it, did you like it? Did you find any symbolism in it that I missed? What are your theories? Leave a comment below. Let's talk about it. If you enjoyed hanging out with me today, please hit that like button, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications so you can always be up to date on what's going on. We're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and wherever you listen to your podcast. Links are in the caption. See you guys next week. Later.